back again on a Tuesday morning for you because today officially rolls in day two of TJW World Cup coverage. And I know, I know what you're thinking, guys. It feels like a dream. It's too much. How can we be doing this? How can we bring you new, fresh content every single day this week? It's because we like making dreams come true. Mina, how else do we make dreams come true? Well, it's a very good question of yours. Um, if you go over to elmontyouthsoccer.com and you want to build your own jersey wall, or maybe you want to rep your country or a country that you support at the World Cup, well, fear not, because not only will Elmont Youth Soccer give you express shipping so that your jersey comes in time, they offer amazing prices, and we've got the cherry on top, brethren. Do you want to tell them what that is? I'll tell them. Hey, making dreams come true happens in many, many different ways because we all have different dreams. For you, it might just be building a great jersey wall collection, and you can do that. For you, it might be repping your nation at the World Cup. You can do that. But the cherry on top, as Mina mentioned, dude, is the promo code TJW10 at checkout, which saves you 10% on your entire order. Guys, that is how we make dreams come true every single day. Do you understand? Do you understand where we're getting at here, guys? Go to elmontyouthsoccer.com right now. The link is in the description. And enter the promo code TJW10 at checkout to save 10% on your entire order. Now, guys, we roll in. Day two of Jerswell World Cup coverage. Today, we're talking about the dark horses, the underrated teams that could go far at the World Cup. We hope you enjoy. I mean, I have a question for you. Ask away, buddy. How did we get to the term dark horse? Oh, I think... um, Why does this exist? I think racism, realistically. (laughs) I think racism, I just I think um, the only time that's the right saw, answer to anything. Just, yeah, that's the correct answer. Tell me just how it's word. not racism, really. Like there can't be. Dude, any that's what I was thinking. I'm it's, like, how some people saw like brown and white horses, maybe some beige horses, and and they and they were at the races, and there was this one dark horse <laughs> from somewhere in Morocco, and people weren't yet familiar with with the stallion, like the black stallion. People weren't right. familiar with that yet. And at the races, he was placed lost in qualifiers. Nobody had and ever seen dark horse, a dark horse before. They didn't know. They didn't know what, what they won. could do. And he grew up to be in the to movie. A moniker for yeah. everybody forever. Now, that very horse is... What, <laughs> this is bro science at its finest. That very horse went on to represent all underdogs for Remember years the and years spirit? and years to come. Of course. That's who, the, that's who the horse grew up to be. <laughs> nowadays said, especially get in the off of my of back. tournament and then yeah the dark horses now represents the underdogs the ones that aren't supposed to be as good as they are and the ones who nobody pays attention to and who come up and upset you and to be honest ain't nothing better than a dark horse story guys today we're going to talk all about those now if you were here yesterday you already know who we are you know i'm your host mr nathan santos aka master chef Nay, and you know that voice right there is brethren fc mina gully mina hi hi and by the way, if you're here tomorrow, you will know who we are. Yeah. And then we're just going to, again, guys, we got to double down on these intros, but you know who we are. It feels like a waste of time telling you my name. You know who we are already. We have to just move right into the content, dude. Because yeah, these underdogs, so I think we were able to touch on them slightly yesterday. We're not going to bring up any names. We're not, there's no outside shouts here. We told you about all 32 teams yesterday, which means today, you know exactly who we mentioned yesterday that might have some good runs, but that wasn't yeah. enough. That was insufficient. We had 
an hour and 45 minutes of content and it still wasn't enough for what we wanted to get into. We had to, we had to just go over way, way too many things. Yesterday, we talked about teams that maybe didn't fit the bill of what a dark horse is because they're just too damn good. But today, we're going to double down on the ones that people don't consider good enough and who will probably be able to upset some big, big dogs in this competition. Yeah, teams that people aren't expecting much from, and they're always the ones where you go, oh, damn, like, they actually did, they pushed a lot farther than I thought they would. There's always yeah. that team in, in any tournament, and it's great. So it exactly. The, the sport amazing. Now, luckily, in Qatar, there's not just going to be that team. There's not just going to be the one team, and we all remember them from previous tournaments. Everybody will remember the Iceland run in 2016, the Costa Rica run in 2014, right? Like, there's always going to be that one team that kind of does better than hell you might even say it was Columbia. netherlands in 2010 when they went up to columbia bro coming up with columbia just that was flair. A great one there's always going to be a team that you remember when the tournament's done now for the euro we thought it was going to be turkey and they ended up being trash so it doesn't <laughs> always pan out but we're pretty damn confident that come the world cup the ones who are billed as the underdogs are going to be the ones who who are capable of making some noise yeah Absolutely. should we get into it let's do it you know the names already. You know the countries already. Today, we're going to do a bit of a deep dive. We're going to kick it off with Uruguay. Now, if you remember Ooh, from yesterday, big I was hot on Uruguay. Yeah. I was hotter on Uruguay than I was the Portuguese national team, dude. Oof. I said, Uruguay, we're going to top their group ahead of Portugal. Just recap. Let's refresh where we came in from yesterday. What do you think about that show, Mina? Listen, I think it's, it's definitely not going to be the popular show. Mm. And a lot of people will put Portugal first. And... Uruguay probably second and deservedly so because yeah. Uruguay have have this collection of players who are underdogs and are dark horses in their own team so bro can I can know, I read you some names just some names I feel tell like that's me, a very very good is. point because it's a total microcosm like each yeah. player is their own microcosm of a dark horse which all have come together to be a team collective to become the darkest dark horse yeah. of all time the dark horses you know, like the the plural, the darkest, just the, the darkest horse. horse. Yeah, that's just it. <laughs> we have um, Federico Valverde, as we know, who's become Bola. who went from like the the heart and soul, the unsung hero, if you will, in many ways for Real Madrid, to now just a bigger star boy than anybody else in the team. And that evolution means that he's no longer the dark horse in his own squad. He's now the favorite to lead this team, but he represents the heart and soul of this nation, right? Do you remember Nicolas the tweet Lacruz. that was like? He he's one of the best right wingers in the world as a side hustle. Yeah, as a side hustle. Exactly. Not even his preferred position. He's just damn near yeah. world class in every position that he plays. He'll play anywhere you need him to the manager's dream and he's going to make things happen. And to be fair, I feel like on a World Cup stage, there's no reason why he wouldn't continue that momentum. Totally. Right? Now in tomorrow's episode, we're going to talk about players who will explode into superstars at this World Cup. And this is where I bring in the next name who plays for Uruguay. And again, this is going to be a deep dive of a deep dive because we're going to talk more about him tomorrow. We're pushing this off. You have to listen every <laughs> single day, guys. We have so much content. But Nico de la Cruz is an unbelievable player, right? He yeah. is a player who's super, super versatile. We're going to get into it tomorrow, so I don't want to get too much into it today. But basically, what you need to know, the bullet points, very, very versatile, all energy, set piece taker, who's, who can play as comfortably in a midfield two of a 4-4-2 to a left winger in a 4-3-3. And I think that skill set is super underrated, don't you? Oh, of course it is. Yeah. I feel like Uruguay as a whole are just like such a good tournament team. Like, I feel like they're going to be so hard to yeah. beat. And as Joe mentioned yesterday on the show, they have that, you know, that ability to to upset teams and to win games in midfield. 
And it doesn't just have to be because their players are better than yours, right? You look at also who they have. Darwin Nunez, who's quietly had a, a total walking meme, but quietly had yeah. a very good season so far for Liverpool. His right? numbers are decent, actually. Like, I know, I know, like, the jokes and everything, but his numbers are actually pretty good. Yeah, and then you look at, you know, we remember the Uruguay of old, and it was Jimenez and Godin. Well, guess what? Jimenez is now the most senior one. And who's he next to? Araujo, if Araujo. he's fit. That's a lethal center back partnership, bro. Like that's a very, very, very good defensive partnership to lock teams out. So you look at a tournament format and you don't necessarily want to play expansive. You want a team that can shut teams out, win games in midfield and have strikers that are menacing to play out, to play against. They fit the bill in every possible category. Especially with the veterans that they have up front, right? Like it's the famous Uruguay double with Cavani and and Suarez, but um, who who are also going. Yeah, But to have someone like that, like a Darwin Nunes come in, that's going to help them massively. Because I think what that offers them with the versatility throughout the pitch, it offers them a lot of flexibility in terms of reacting to the opponent or imposing themselves. So it, it gives them a lot of options with their formation. They can tweak it a little bit. They can sit back. They can break away. They they can play with a target man. They can play with a double pivot. They, they, can, mm. they can play, you know, they can do anything they want, really. Like they, they've got so much versatility in the team and yeah. especially in the important areas like attack and midfield where if you if your base is the same and it's solid um like Jimenez and Araujo will have yeah then you can tweak whatever's up front and and kind of not only just react to your opponent which is something that is really important in, in a knockout style competition but it also allows you to impose yourself on other teams mm. I want to talk to you a little bit about Darwin Nunez in particular, because I feel like this episode's an opportunity for deep dives a little more. And he's, to be fair, yeah. I feel like going to be a really important member of this squad. I think once you get labeled like a meme, like once the football community has hold of you as a meme, it's so hard to shake that, right? Like It's impossible. It, it's, it's possible because you remember Vinicius did it. Vinicius went from a player that nobody rated, that everybody was like, dude, he's playing for the other team. Don't pass him the ball. He's going to waste it. To a player who now makes the right decision nine times out of 10 and who's one of the best wingers in the world. Right. It's not impossible, but I'm with you. It's very, very, very difficult to shake that. I feel like he was prematurely judged in his tenure at Liverpool, but he's quietly had a really good season. It just so happens that Holland wrecked the curve for everybody. Right. But for Benfica last year, he was fantastic. He earned a big money move to to Liverpool. Liverpool have been poor, but he's got a really decent return. I think he's got like eight goals in the Prem. He's got a few in the Champions League, too. That's not bad for this point in the season, to be honest. No, I think he's played well, like 14 games in the Prem. Yeah, so like goals. That's a that's a. And he was suspended for return. three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you there know? You go. because right. So like, it's not that he's not prone to memes, but like, I feel like even Fernando Torres at one point was like one of the best nines in the world, and then he just became a meme, and then he can he can never get it back at a Listen, tournament like, like the World Cup. Do you think that he can set himself up to escape that you know like image of himself and and enter like the lethal nine realm, or do you think that if he has a poor tournament, that he just won't be able to shake that? Well, if he has a poor tournament, for sure, it's going to be even more difficult. Like, that's yeah. just adding flame, you know, gas to a fire. Gas but, to the fire, yeah. Um, the problem with, with football culture nowadays is that everybody really wants to make fun of the big six, um, yeah. especially when you have gigantic clubs like like the, like the size of Liverpool, for example. And right. everybody just judges players now in preseason. They don't even give them a chance yeah. to play in the Premier League or or in whatever competition, whatever league they're they're in, there's no chance. It's that's it. Like one game and, and you're done. That's your label forever. Yeah. Um so if he definitely has a, a bad tournament, it's gonna be even more difficult to climb that mountain. But if I'm him, I just, you know, 
stay quiet, get off social media, put my head down and, and keep doing what I'm doing, right? Because at the end of the season, if he continues and he has like 20 goals in the league or 30 goal involvements overall in, in all competitions, which is doable because if he gets like 20 and 10 or 15 and 15, yeah, people are going to say, you know what, low-key, he was pretty good and we, we were harsh on him. But the memes are going to keep happening anyway. So, yeah, yeah, like just focus on your game and and eventually it'll get shaken off. Is there a chance that, just hear me out here, it's going to sound silly, I know, but just hear me out here. Is there a chance that after this tournament, he's Uruguay's best player? Hot take. I know, yeah. Federico Valverde no, Express. That's not really that much of a hot take. It's just I feel like it is because I feel like people rate Fede Valverde so much right now. But I feel like a nine who grabs the spotlight, who grabs the headlines, <clears throat> will be like, will take that attention, right? Whereas I yeah. think everybody right now, if you were to tell someone going into the tournament, by the way, Darwin Nunez is going to be a bigger star than Federico Valverde after this tournament. They'd say you're crazy. Well, listen, man. Like, if you told people what Fede Valverde was is now, that's true. Like two years ago, everybody would have laughed at you because he was famously looked at as the weakest link in in um, Real Madrid's midfield, which mm. realistically is is probably true because he was yeah. playing still makes him better than behind Casemiro, Cruz, and Modric. Yeah. So <laughs> as the one of the best midfields we've ever seen in the world. So people need to fucking relax. Yeah. Um, but it's not crazy <laughs> to say that he could he could maybe grab a golden boot or score four or five goals, which again in a tournament like the World Cup is a very respectable return. Oh, no one time. needs to get double digits here. I think Diego oh. Fallon won the golden boot when he scored like six goals when yeah. he did in, in well, you only play like at most seven games. So if you're playing yeah. like come on, that you're still averaging more than a goal a yeah, game in the return exactly. for that time span. Um 100%. final note on on Uruguay as a whole. Because I think that they're among like the two strongest claims for dark horses in this tournament. I don't just mean like they can go far. I mean, yeah, they can really upset some big, big teams in this competition with the way that they play. And to be honest, I think against Portugal, it'll set the pace. I think if they top their group, people will they're like oh, they're not yeah, going to be considered an underdog. Yeah. I think from if they beat Portugal or if they top the group with Portugal in it, people will be like, whoa, that's not a dark horse. We, we weren't paying attention to them. I'm telling you to pay attention to them now. Even with this kind of hyper praise going into them or, or shining the spotlight, what's a realistic expectation that you might have for a team like this from one of the strongest dark horse claims in the tournament? Honestly, quarterfinals. If mm. if they get a lucky, favorable bracket, maybe further than that, but realistically, it's not further than the quarterfinals for me. You don't think that they could upset because you look at the teams in the quarterfinals. You just don't think they could upset anybody in the quarterfinals. Like they're one of the best, eight. definitely capable of it. It's just, then you're looking at an upset and people need yeah. to realize like Uruguay is a very difficult team to beat, but that doesn't mean that they didn't get slapped by France last time. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. It's yeah, it's true. A long time. Ago. I don't like looking at the world cup as like, as the last world cup as evidence for anything. It's very different. I, I, I feel know like it's, it's too long different. ago. I, I, I know. I, I agree with you on that in terms of that kind of analysis. It's just when you get someone like Uruguay, the, yeah. the, you get kind of the same style of play. It's not yeah. going to be wildly different. I think, you know, they just get a couple new players here and there and every yeah. once in a while. But they're going to set up probably the same way where they have, where they're going to be very difficult to beat. And then now maybe with Darwin Nunes, they can get a couple more goals going forward. But historically, they haven't been a, a high scoring team but they also have been a very low conceding team. So yeah. I would say for me, core finals, if you get a favorable shout, go for it. If you get someone like England or even France, maybe there's an upset there, but mm. I wouldn't put my money on it. Yeah. And it's not like, it's not like 
uh, Darwin Nunez right now is better than Luis Suarez of old or Edson Cavani of old, right? So it's not like he's better than the best strikers that they've seen before. Yeah. I would just say that largely, maybe it's because I know better now, but I see the quality in their team and I think that it can have a serious impact. Like, I really do think that they're going to be capable of reaching the quarterfinals. And to be honest, it seems like such a giant jump between quarters and semis because you're going from mm. the best eight to the best four. And if they're Nine in minutes. the final four, that's a massive, massive, massive run for them. I think quarterfinal is probably a good place to put any dark horse claim. Yeah. Right. Because at that point, they would have upset some people. They might get, you know, knocked out, but like edged out in that at that stage of the competition. We'll have to see. I mean, just look at it, right? Like if they if they get to the quarterfinals, that means they either finish second to Portugal and beat a bigger team that finished first in their group, mm. or they got ahead of Portugal in their group and beat a very decent team in the round of 16. Yeah. A second place team in the round of 16. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Um, can we move on? Yeah, let's do it. All right, bro. Number two, and I, I tentatively have this number, and I don't really think they're number two. I kind of just put this in like chunks, but I think Serbia are the next show that we have to talk about because they're yeah. really... You know, Uruguay and Serbia. Some people might have have Serbia as like the the best dark horse force in this entire competition. I I might agree with that. I think that Serbia might be might have the strongest claim for the unknown team coming to do some serious damage. And I think it starts in the group stage. Now we talked about this yesterday. They have an underratedly difficult group stage. They yeah. they are also going to play against the winners of the tournament in the group stage. So it's really going to put in perspective for us how can this underdog cope with the favorites for the tournament. And I think that if, if it's a big if, because I do expect Brazil to win every game, if they're capable of frustrating Brazil, people might look at them and be like, from, from that, whatever match day that is, hey, oh, we weren't looking at this team, but this is a damn good yeah. place to look, isn't it? Serbia have some real quality, Mina. Serbia have amazing quality, man. Like they've, they actually have some really good names playing across Europe. And, you know, we can, we can go through them. They've got both Milinkovic Savages, which how many do you need? Like, <laughs> yeah, I thought one was guys. enough. Just wait till you see yeah. both of them. Now you got two. Yeah. Um, you know, you you've got Vlaovic up front. You've got Mitrovic even as backup. You've got yeah. um, Dusan Tadic, uh, um, Milankovic as as a center back there. Yeah. These these are some some good names. Like, yeah, very really, really good names. quality in every area of the pitch, and like yeah. sneakily good attackers. And we mentioned this yesterday, right? Because. They did listen. They they finished ahead of Portugal in World Cup qualifiers, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like we spoke, we we devoted a pretty good amount of attention yesterday. But I want to ask you the same question here. Like tomorrow, we're going to mention um, Vlahovic a little bit more. We're going to talk about him. We're like we're not done with our Serbia content, but in the same way that we spoke about Uruguay, I think it's important to recognize here from Serbia what those expectations are. Is this the same thing? Is it like oh, if they reach the quarterfinals, that's fine? Or do you think that this is a team? Because I'll be honest with you, Mina. You take the final four, the final four who will be in this competition, right? Brazil omitted because we would have seen that yeah. matchup. But whoever the next best three teams are and put them against Serbia, I couldn't tell you definitively that Argentina would beat Serbia. I couldn't tell you definitively that who else would you put there? Your England's, your Germany's, whoever it is that's going to play them. I don't know definitively that they would beat Serbia in a one-off knockout game. I think that it's very, very likely that Serbia are going to like really, really push them far and may even get the upset. I agree with you, actually. I think, honestly, if you if they're coming up against England, I definitely have Serbia beating England. Like, yeah. I'm not even kidding. Like, quality aside, like, of course, England have some of the best quality in this World Cup anyway. Right. But 
they don't know their system like Serbia does, and mm. they they don't have the grit that Serbia always do every single time they play yeah. an international competition. They always have the grit, and that goes a very long way. However, having said that, I would still say probably quarters, maybe in in the hundred twentieth minute, or maybe over penalties, and right. then and then anything can happen. It's just you're I trusting think they can quality go far. to edge it, don't you? I trust quality to edge it just because of how many teams have so such good quality. Like yeah. it's Germany, it's Brazil, it's Argentina, it's not Italy, but it's also the Netherlands, <laughs> um, France. Like those, those teams. I love that. <laughs> if I can name more than four teams where quality should like subside, yeah, I don't know that I'd put them in the in the last four bracket. That's uh, it's a little much. It's fair. But, but I would, I would also full disclosure argue that they could get there. Well, like I would argue that if you were to look at the 2018 World Cup, and I don't think very many people would have expected Croatia to be one of the final two teams. Mm. I would argue that Serbia have the closest chance of mimicking that run by Croatia in the 2018 final. Would you agree with that? Like if there's going to be agree. an underdog who would get that far, would you not say that Serbia probably have are the most likely of the bunch? Yeah, for sure. It's It's just, are they more likely to do it in a World Cup or in a Euro? That's what I'm thinking. Well, uh, I don't know. Why not the World Cup? I mean, Croatia, Croatia, France know, was the but... final of the World Cup. It wasn't the final of the Euro. I know it's, but I wouldn't be surprised if they get to the semifinal. I want to say that. That's my disclaimer. But yeah, that's I the don't furthest. think they will. Right. Yeah. Even still, it seems like it's bold to predict how far an underdog can go. Yeah. But I do want to mention it specifically on this episode because I think it's important to devote those times because. Let's be real, Mina. If not us, who else is going to do it? This yeah, is what we're sure. here for. Definitely, dude. you're not definitely not going to get this from Sky Sports because they will they will no. tell you that England's going to be uh, fucking Serbia. So they're going to tell you that it's coming home, and it's not. You know, it's coming yeah. home to Serbia. It's Duzan Vlahovic is going to bring if this. If they meet home. France, then who who do you favor? If someone like if, France, where if Serbia beats not Fra the best, if Serbia were to come up against France, yeah, I tell you what, I would be terrified to have this. Is what I'll say on the note of favorites, I would be terrified. I don't care who you are to come up against Serbia come a knockup game. Yeah. You know, I, I don't disagree with that. They've got a right? very, like, like, Jose Mourinho aspect to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just feel like, and we're going to talk, like, I can't stress this enough. We're going to talk about Vlahovic specifically tomorrow when we're going to talk about players, you know, reaching a new level and coming out of this tournament as absolute monsters. But I feel like Serbia are that team. And maybe I'm too hot on them, but I watched them beat Portugal in qualifiers. I watched them get really, really far and come brazil are almost a little bit lucky here to be honest because brazil are the best team of this tournament brazil get to play them and even if they lose brazil are, gonna, are still going to be the best team yeah right but brazil get to play them in a context that is not a knockout game so there's infinitely less pressure now if if serbia go and get steamrolled by brazil sets does, the tone, doesn't it well no i was just going to say does it set the tone or do you still trust Serbia to recover? It's just that they're showing that they can't compete with the best nation in the tournament. Listen, if they lose and they get slapped, that's fine. But if they don't put the performance in, then then that sets the tone. Because I think mm. my my uh, uh, prediction would be if Serbia don't come out looking like the Serbia that we expect in terms of play style and in terms of aggression right. and the performance that they put in, then it's not going to happen for them at all. Like I know Brazil's a lot better than than Serbia could probably be, yeah. but if they don't show the grit, 
then I don't trust that it would that they'd be able to pick it back up that quickly, especially yeah. if they then get like a very bad hand dealt in the round of sixteen where they have to play Germany or something. Yeah, and I want to I want to bet on the underdogs here. I do, but I also think we have to remember just from you and I before we get ahead of ourselves that although I would be terrified for my nation if my nation is the favorite going up against Serbia. I also don't know how Serbia yeah. are going to cope with teams like Switzerland and Cameroon. I would trust that they would edge them out in terms of quality, but in those games, they're favorites. Are they going to run through them? Because yeah, then the grid right. doesn't apply the same way, right? Then they're expected to beat them, I would argue. I would argue that people will generally presume, maybe not against Switzerland, but I would say largely people will assume that Serbia will come out of that group. Yeah, And if they do and they come out in second and they're just kind of like coasting almost, I don't know how far this goes, to be honest. I feel like they need a big upset win to propel that momentum forward. Yeah, it would be great. Honestly, a draw against Brazil would also do it. Yeah, fair enough. It just it would show you that they're they could level it. Yeah. They could level the playing field with just right. how much they're gonna outwork you. Oh, I can't wait to see. I'm excited to see how, how these teams uh, yeah. get on. Let's move on now. Uh I want to talk about Denmark. Hey, let's go. We talked about Denmark. I feel like this rounds out like the 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 big three, if you will, like the three mm -hmm. underdogs that people will genuinely look to and be like, yeah, those are the underdogs. Like this is like bracketed. Now, some people might throw Netherlands in there, but we talked about it yesterday. I think Netherlands are in, are in a bracket right there along yeah. the favorites, right? Like the underdogs almost fall to like tier three, right? Tier one is probably like your absolute favorites. Tier two would then be like good quality. You don't know. Outside like this shots. is where yeah. you're outside. Shot. You might you might have your Portugal, like your, your wild card there. You might have your your Netherlands, your Germany's, like these kind of nations. I wouldn't say any of them are favorites, but they'd probably still be in contention to win the tournament. Whereas in your favorites, England would probably be fitting that, maybe France. Whereas at the top, you'd probably say like Argentina, Brazil. Those ones are probably in a league of their own. Then we get down here, right? Mm -hmm. This is where we are. This is like the outside shots. The, the, this is the where third, we're operating. The third tier, the ones who can who can level up not only one division, but potentially two and reach that that absolute pinnacle if need be. Listen, I said it yesterday. I think Denmark are topping their group. I think they're going to beat France, and I think they're going to finish top of their group. Well, with fucking Iron Man in midfield, how could they not? You know, like, <laughs> he's immortal, Mina. He's he has immortal. a bionic he cannot heart. Die. He never stops running, bro. He cannot die. You know what happens? Oh. You're back up. <laughs> exactly, bro. Like I hope somebody I turns hope, off in I, midfield. You know I hope it works. Comes back on. This is how I hope it works. I hope that it works like uh, the Black Panther suit in, in the first Black Panther, oh, right, where he yeah. just has the kinetic energy absorption. And he just bumps into people and they just go flying. Yeah. I feel I want that to be Christian Eriksen. I want people to just get bodied off him and launched into space because the the pacemaker is just jolting everybody. Or even better, Maybe he, like, if every time he touches someone, he shocks them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you do it. Yeah, exactly, bro. Anyway, uh, they're in they're in good form heading into this tournament, and they have a couple of players yeah. like to watch, right? The the center back partnership is decent, right? With uh, well, Captain Kerr. Fantastic, right? Simone Kerr, who was the the savior for last tournament for yeah. them for the Euro when everything happened with with uh, with Ericsson. He knew he Christensen. He knew he got a pacemaker. He was like, <laughs> yeah, the foresight. Christensen, who hasn't <laughs> been great since arriving at Barcelona, hasn't had much opportunity to demonstrate it, but we know the quality he possesses from his time at Chelsea. Yeah. Right. Ericsson has found a completely new role for himself in this team. And I wonder how that translates it, both in terms of like the Christian Ericsson of old that we once knew at the 10 versus what he's adopted at Manchester United. I feel like he's going to embrace some of those qualities for the national team now. And he's then you very look at like, he's intelligent enough to to be able to switch between roles like that. Oh, like big time, yeah. He's ironically, he'll slot back in in a heartbeat. 
<laughs> but you also look at names like Thomas Delaney or um, or Hoybier, right, from Spurs. Those yeah. guys are on good form right now, I'd say, and they're really, really solid protectors. So defensively, their There's, midfield is yeah. pretty good and has a really good contrast between, like, the technical quality, the speed up top, because they also have who your Lindstrom's, who's an attacking awesome. midfielder, uh, Damsgaard, who I know hasn't made a huge impact since joining Brentford. But in Italy, he was fantastic. Last tournament, you remember, he right. filled in the gap for Ericsson. He was taking free kicks. He was yeah, technically yeah, he was. fantastic. He was pacey, moving the ball well. Everywhere in their squad, they're looking really, really good. And they're names that we know a little bit better. They're names that we can pronounce. Sorry to Serbia, but some of those names are not household names because we can't pronounce them. <laughs> Whereas I feel like everybody at, at Denmark, we see them play at club level and we're like, those just come together, man. I, I feel like they, they got something special here. Yeah, they do. I mean, they top their quality, the the qualifiers in UEFA so yeah. they're definitely they're definitely up there like they beat France twice not just once like they definitely they were the better team mm -hmm. against France when France had their better players who were fit um so I don't think Denmark is a team to you know be looked down upon like I think that's a mistake a lot of teams would do if they go in against Denmark expecting themselves to win like right don't underestimate the Danish because yeah yeah they, I think I think they do have a lot to offer. It's a very techy, intelligent team that is also able to to you know rough uh, rough a result out. And yeah, they they could surprise a few folks. Yeah, I like them. And we have to remember too, their <laughs> kits are fantastic. Yeah, because they're wearing those kits like the muted kits for Qatar. I'm actually going to get an Ericsson one. I'm going to get yeah. one of those like all black That's Denmark sick. kits with Ericsson on the back because I feel like that is such. Because I've loved, I, I've rated Christian Eriksen for a long time. You know that from even, but you know how hard it is to like players it takes at Spurs. A while. I hate Spurs, yeah. and I liked him at Spurs. And just like now he plays like the national. I was like, when am I going to get a Denmark jersey? They were trash at the time. They're fire now, dude. The yeah, all black sick. out like Eriksen jersey for Denmark. Respect to them for for the reasons behind that jersey, right? Yeah, like, not just to look cool, but genuinely full respect to their sponsors. Yeah. Ironically, timely. I can't name the sponsors, which is probably why they did it. But yeah, me neither. Uh, it has a B. I think it has a, a good, B. Yeah, it does have a B. I just don't know what it's called. I don't know. Either. But you know, but you know what? Good for good them, for them. Yeah. Good Someone for them, actually exactly. taking the stand. Yeah, exactly, bro. Uh, I'll ask you the same question for Denmark as I did the other two, which is just managing expectations. But I don't want to ask you the same way because I don't want you to just say quarterfinals again. I want you to tell me from the three teams we've named so far, right? You have Uruguay, you have Serbia, and you have Denmark. Put those in order of expectations. Like, who do you expect the most most to least from and why? I expect the most from Uruguay because they have Interesting. the most amount of, you know, football heritage, but the most <laughs> amount of, like, top quality players in individual positions than the other mm. two. I think that Denmark and Serbia have good players in a lot of positions, whereas Uruguay have match winners in a couple of positions where mm. they could be the, they could be the difference. I think maybe if they're being overloaded, Denmark and Serbia, I would expect them to, you know, wither away a lot faster than Uruguay just because right. of the threat that Uruguay possess in a couple of different positions. You're looking at Valverde, you're looking at Valverde, you're looking at Darwin Nunez, you're looking at right. Suarez or Cavani potentially coming off the bench. They've they've got match winners in there and and players that are like top, top, top quality. Whereas with Denmark and, and Serbia, I I don't know. It seems, I don't know why, but I would prefer Denmark. 
over Serbia? Denmark would be my number two. Which so was great. I too hot on, on Serbia? Do you think I was too no, hot on Serbia? But it's like 2A and 2B. It's just for some reason, interesting. my gut tells me Denmark. And there's these moments like that where you don't know. You can't really provide analysis. Yeah, it's, you just get the gut feeling. Which, which is terrible for a show like this because that's exactly what people are, li- are <laughs> listening to. why for. we're here. But <laughs> for some reason, my gut, t- my gut tells me to go with Denmark. And it's no one can blame me for taking the European team because you I picked the South American team as number yeah. one and their their other two are Europeans. There so, yeah. Well, Mina, do you remember that Viking mentality? Do you remember the old school? Because I've been posting a lot of throwbacks from like old, old Jersey wall stuff, right? I, I posted pictures from the 2018 World Cup yeah. and we did that photo shoot ahead of it. Do you remember the tagline for Joe every time he had analysis to give? Do you remember what it was, bro? Tactics, bro. Tactics, bro. Hey, Mina. So we just went pretty deep into why Serbia are probably going to be one of the favorites, not just the, the dark horse, but the favorites to win this competition. And yet you still think that Denmark have a better chance of making it further than they do. Can you explain why? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you exactly why. Okay. Tactics, bro. Tactics, bro. <laughs> no, no, actually I do. Have, I do have a reason. It's not a footballing reason, but every once in a while you get a team that just makes you feel good about yeah. the sport that we watch. You know what it is, Vina? I'm talking Iceland 2016, like, I've I've got it. I've got it. I know what it what is. What is it? Serbia are heels. Yeah, Serbia exactly. That's exactly like what bad it is. Guy. Serbia exactly feel like this is. underrated bad guy, and you're yep. terrified of what they can do to you, but you recognize that it could happen. Exactly. Denmark are faces, bro. They're baby face. They're John Cena's up in here. They're they're well, maybe not. They're Rey Mysterio. You know, like still yeah. have a lot of quality, yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit smaller, not necessarily the favorite going into the big thing, but I'll be damned if they're not going to go out and do something special. Because it's not like the size of the Olsen. dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Yeah. And Christian Eriksen leading this team that's very, very well balanced. I love it, bro. Give me the face that's shot. That's exactly it. It's Randy Orton versus Rey Mysterio. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good show. Serbia that, are Randy generally. Orton, to be fair. Serbia are Randy Orton. Like, right? Really, Isn't really, really good. One? But dark... But like, it's just so talented, so yeah. much quality. But people don't necessarily <laughs> know, and they get, they're just gonna have this long run. anyway. They're they're so jacked, bro. Yeah. Dusan Vlovic is as big as Randy Orton is in real life. He's an absolute mess. I believe it. Six yeah. five, two forty, just total beast. <laughs> anyway, those are like the I would say like the. What about yours the then? What how how would you rank it though? I ugh, I. You damn! I asked the questions around See? here, Mina. I don't get Uno asked the cop. questions. Hit me with the Uno reverse. No, that's glad nobody ever asked me questions on this show. So I like when people do. Otherwise, I just feel like I'm just volunteering information. I ask you questions all the time. What is this? You do, you do. But I, the ratio is like ninety-five to 90% five. Ninety percent of it is us. The, yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> right. That's just the, the nature of the program. But um, I would put Denmark third. I feel like I feel like sometimes the heel comes out on top. Still, you're going first. Um, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm too hot on, on Serbia to say that Uruguay is first, but I agree with what you're saying. I feel like Uruguay are going to be capable of frustrating teams more than Serbia will. I just think Serbia will be able to hurt teams more than mm-hmm. Uruguay will. Physically. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I feel I like agree. that's the balance. I feel like, elbows the, all like around. I f- yeah, <laughs> I just feel like defensively like that evil grit that it seems like they have just feels like it's going to be there. That's huge mentality. Yeah. And then the attacking quality that we mentioned, I just feel like they're just going to be unstoppable in attack and people don't know that yet. Whereas Uruguay, I couldn't point to one area on the pitch where I'm like, they will, they will like be maliciously better than you here. I just think that all in all, like that 4-4-2 is football heritage, bro. And they are going to be able to win games in midfield because it's 4-4-2, but it's not like 
the left mid and the right mid are like Eden Hazard back in the day with these like style wingers. They're going to be Federico Valverde's at every single position. Yeah. And you have that. That's damn tough. But but the bad guys, the bad guys, bro. I need a bad guy. I need a heel. I need a heel you know to push the boundaries with tournament. I think it's going to be Serbia. Tell me. All of Ghana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. That is absolutely true. Luis Suarez is a heel. Yeah. Every single day of the week. He's been heel since day That is one. the heel for all of Africa. Yeah, that's exactly it. Not he Belgium, not the UK, it. not France. <laughs> not Belgium. <laughs> no. That's going full circle to where we started the yeah. show too. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, have, I have a few more. I have some honorable mentions Those and I have a wild card. Okay, I have, yeah. I have uh, honorable mentions. Now again, I mentioned these yesterday. We devoted some amount of time to it, but I think it's still worth pointing out that I would put them in this category just slightly below. All right, Switzerland we talked about yesterday. Mm -hmm. They have underratedly good quality in their side. Just a shame that they're in the group with Serbia and Brazil. Yeah. Sorry. Not a whole lot you can do there. Yeah, you can't be the dark horse of the dark horses in your group. Yeah. It's the it's only one. <laughs> it's too much. We're getting too small here. We can't do that. I feel like if it was a 24-team World Cup and then yeah. like the third place was coming out of it, they might they might be that team. They might be the best yeah, of the rest. Three round robin. I agree. You know what I mean? But it, just in this group, I'm like, oh, no, I don't think that they're better than than Serbia or than Brazil. Even though you have like Akanji, who's going to be who's in great form, to be fair, with City. He's been fantastic. Yeah. Granit Xhaka has been a revelation this season. Jan Sommer, fantastic. We spoke about these names yesterday. Like, I really do think that... Brilliant below and below Swiss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he is. Yeah. Right? He, he's damn good. We, we brought him up yesterday. We talked about uh, Dennis Sicario, who obviously hasn't been in great form since joining Chelsea. But still, for the national team, like, but I mean, proper player, proper player. You know, I feel like these guys are really damn good, and yeah, I just, it I don't just see won't it. be enough. It it's won't just be enough. not going to be enough for this particular tournament. The other one that I have as an underdog, which seems crazy to be fair, because I also don't have them making it out of their respective group. But I think Senegal. I put Senegal yeah, in that. Bracket. I was going to say that. I was actually that was on the top of my mind. I yeah. wanted to bring up Senegal. The reason I don't mention Senegal as a uh, as a dark horse is because I don't think Sadio Mane is going to be that effective. Yeah, if and I just feel fit. like they're they're a very they every good Senegalese player that we can typically think of aside from Sadio Mane is defense oriented, right? So they have a lot of damn yeah. good defensive key pieces, which in a tournament really really does help. I think that they're one of the I think arguably one or two in terms of best African sides in the competition. That being said, I just I don't have them making it out of the group, so I can't really put them in contention for an underdog, even though. You might be like, well, Nathan, what about Uruguay? Like if you had Uruguay finishing, sorry, not Uruguay, uh, Ecuador. If you had Ecuador finishing second in their group, like do you think that Ecuador are going to be a dark horse? No, I just I don't think that Ecuador are going to make it past the next round either. I mm -hmm. just think that they'll be good enough to, to, to finish second in their group. Whereas Senegal, I think even if there's a scenario where they finish ahead of Ecuador, I feel like they are going to get knocked out in the next round too. I feel like round of 16 is their ceiling, both yeah. of those teams. Yeah, and you can't have a dark horse who gets knocked out in the round of 16. You yeah. need them to to upset some teams, and at that point, it's not really an upset. That's now, I do, have, I do have one wild card. Okay. It's Let's a wild it. card that we devoted quite some time to yesterday, but I'll be damned if we're not going to talk about it day two in right. a row. Who did we, who did we say yeah, yesterday was a wild card? I'm going to sing the national anthem for you. <clears throat> okay. Canada. That's not a dark horse. We're favorites, bro. What are you talking about? Hey, we're only favorites here. Everywhere else in the world, we're a plus 12,000. Okay? <laughs> not 1,200. I mean, put 12, a fiver 000. down. Why not, bro? See, 
Leicester was 5,000 to 1. Yeah, this is an even bigger, better uh, odds than that. Canada have this good problem to have, which is that a lot of people are expecting good things from them. Now, that means infinite amounts of support. That's a good thing. It also means a lot of pressure, I would argue, pressure that they didn't necessarily have when they were starting this immaculate run that they went on to be the people, best team. I don't think that many people are expecting many good things out of them. No I don't one know. I think a lot of no Canadians outside think of that... Canada. Yeah, that's exactly I, right, no outside, of, outside Canada, of Canada. But everybody here, I think, is thinking that they're going to be able to do something special. And I think that that is... I don't know what special means. I don't know if special means make it out of the group. I don't know if it means get a win against Belgium. I don't, I don't know if know, it man. means like reach the quarterfinals. Like what is what is what does this mean to you? What is Canada's special run at the World Cup means to you? It would it would mean you know, it would mean the world, but I just don't think that it's as high of a pressure situation as you're describing it to be. I think a few I'm thinking about of, it here. I think the that's what I'm saying. I think even in Canada the loudest, um, you know, the loudest analysts on TV or maybe ex-players or the women's team has high expectations for the men's national team because we've seen how much better um, we were than everybody else in CONCACAF qualifiers. Mm -hmm. But I just think that people are still, even in Canada, not expecting much. And everybody's going to be happy just going to the World Cup if we don't make it out i think everybody's still going to be happy mm. like i know you won't be mm. i won't be because you and i expect canada to push and hopefully get out of the group but not a lot of people are expecting canada to get out of this group man not even in canada like i don't know mm. what you've been seeing online i don't know what you've been seeing from the tfc fans i just i disagree that that people are going to be disappointed if we go to Qatar and don't make it out of the group, I th I think people are going to be thankful. People are going to be grateful that we got to the World Cup. People are going to relish in the opportunity to see us play a minimum of three matches in Qatar and then come back on the home field, build this team a lot more and then make progress. I think people are going to be disappointed if we don't make it out of the group in 2026. In 2022, it will be a nice thing to do and it, it will be, you know, higher expectations being fulfilled. I just don't think that it's the expectation. I have to disagree. I have to disagree because I have seen, not with everything that you said, just with some yeah, parts yeah. of it, primarily the being happy to be there. I, I can't stress enough how hard that narrative got shook through qualifiers when they were the best team in CONCACAF. I mean, if they were the second or third best team in CONCACAF and we're going to the World Cup, you're right. People would be happy to see that Canada made it to the World Cup. But they kicked ass in CONCACAF and I think the expectation now is for them to do what Mexico do there to be fair which is make it out of the say. group which is be part of the round of 16 and beyond and one of the quarterfinal teams I think that that is the run that people expect Canada to have even with the names in their group now I would say that professional analysts are the ones who who even Canadian ones because they have to put integrity above everything would say that Canada are not going to make it out of this group but the fan support here and like the the support around the national team, I think is not going to be content going to Qatar. I think it's going to be that they are going to be like, we cannot finish bottom of this group. We cannot go 0-0-3. Like we cannot lose every game. We must go out there and show teams, show everybody, because people don't know about Canada outside of Canada. Show them what they've got. Because Mina, Canada went on probably the most remarkable run in world football. There were there were podcasts in England, it, it, all over the world, talking about Canada's run because it was unheard of. It's like, why is Canada topping CONCACAF? What the hell is happening over there? 
And I think for that team to come in and go 0-0-3 would be like if Mexico came in and did 0-0-3. And people would be like, what the hell happened bringing up Mexico, man, because Mexico have been to the World Cup every single iteration of it. We haven't. We this is the first time since what 1986. Yeah, I, I just don't think heritage is is playing a part here. I feel I just like hope the, that the occasion like, doesn't get too big for them. I feel like they ha- they are going to rise to the occasion in a way that people haven't seen before. And I put them at a wild card spot, knowing that quality that. wise, I don't think they're as good as a whole as the rest of the team is. But I also don't want to be too impartial. I don't want to be too biased against them either. Because you know what, bro, Alfonso Davies is outside of the stars that Belgium have. Alfonso Davies is probably the best player in that group outside of Kevin De Bruyne, right? Like Lukaku's trash, okay? <laughs> name, me another, name me another player on Belgium who you would say is better at what they do than what Alfonso Davies no, is. No, no, Alfonso no. Davies is probably the best, yeah. one of arguably the best left back on planet Earth today, okay? Yeah. Jonathan David is not in that same level of stardom, but he's a damn good striker. And you know what? He's going to be coming to the Prem in the next year. We know that, yeah. okay? Maybe Stephen Ustakio has been tearing up the Liga Noche and the Champions League. What do we know about p- p- uh, players who tear up Liga Noche? They go on to the Premier League or La Liga and they kick ass right away. So the quality is there in the star boys of the team. The rest of it is the workhorse. And when we look at any nation that isn't our own, and we look at what do you want if they're not a team loaded with stars? A few stars and a few players who are going to work very hard to enable this team dynamic to function. That's what Canada have. And I feel like that is going to supersede some of the quality above them. It's not going to be enough to top the group, but it's not going to be so little that we're just happy to be there. I think Canada, the expectation is they're going to make it out of the group, even if it's just around a 16, because they're going to have to face freaking Spain or Germany in the next round. But they will get out of the group, and that will be an impressive run for them. For everything that you've said, and because you and I have talked about the Canadian men's national team for a long time on this podcast, Mm -hmm. I think they're going to make it out of the group. However, I just don't think that should be the expectation. I just think that we should go expecting us to do better than 00 and 3. Make no mistake about that. If Canada go for bagels, we're all going to be disappointed because that's that's not a true representation of what has happened leading up to the World Cup. I think Canada should minimum pick up a single win. But if we don't make it out of the group because quality superseded us, then we don't make it out of the group. I right. want I'll be dis I'll be upset, but I won't be disappointed because I don't think I want to put that much pressure on the men's national team, so much so that that it just collapses and it becomes too big for them. I want to mm. expect I expect Canada to, you know, you know, yesterday I put them first. Like, yeah, I know that was yeah. a joke thing, but I, I put them hey, like realistically not a joke. They're second. Realistically, yeah, I would put them second, but at the same time, I don't want to be putting on the pressure like there's nothing worse than having a nation on your shoulders that is going to be dejected and disappointed if you don't make it out of the group rather than getting behind the team saying it's okay guys you did us proud pick your heads up let's go again in 2026 that's what i want the narrative to be not that we should go expecting to get out of the group and if we don't it's a disappointment and it's and it's such an embarrassment to CONCACAF. but rather there's something cooking in canada in terms of football, both from women's team and the men's team. Yeah. And we should just go make the country proud. And if we don't make it out, but we, you know, we win the hearts of the of the fans worldwide, then we've done our job. That's fair. Uh, that's fair. Just to calibrate a little bit. I'll ask you this and we'll kind of, we'll wrap because today has to be our lightest episode with how much content we have this, this week. We have more than seven hours of content coming out this week, which is preposterous. And that's just podcast form. That's not even yeah. what we're going to chop up and do with across the socials. Tell me this, if Canada doesn't make it out of the group, but they beat Belgium, 
Is that a win or is that a disappointment? It's a win. It's, it's a win a if win, they beat buddy. Belgium, but don't don't make it out of the group. Everybody expects Belgium to top this group. If they beat Belgium and they don't make it out of the group, it's a win. Hmm. I'd rather, rather us beat Belgium and not make it out of the group than beat anyone else in the group and not make it out of the group. Hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. We'd rather like... Yeah, we beat the I, best I, team I there, but we yeah. just, you know, shit happens. Shit happens, man. What are you going to do? Dude, we have to, who's going to defend against Ashraf Hakimi? Morocco's going to yeah. come to kick some ass. You think, they're, they're you think Sheriff was disappointed not making it out of the group when they beat Real Madrid in the Champions League? It's a good point. We're Sheriff now? No, we're not That's Sheriff. We we're are. better than Sheriff. <laughs> but even Sheriff, the Moldovan yeah. team, when yeah. they beat Real Madrid and didn't make it out of the group, they were happy. They were in their That's apartments true. surrounding the stadium. They were like, yeah, let's go. That's a good point. That's a good point. But we're bigger than We're that. better than Sheriff. We're way better than Sheriff. Yeah, we are, bro. Yeah, we are. I think I should do... I think I'm going to like do TJW content with like a big red maple leaf on my face. Like I'm just going <laughs> to stick it right to my face and I'm going to do the content like that. Not just this week because obviously this week, forget it, but during the tournament, every time so. Canada play, I just want to... <laughs> can you imagine I have a bottle of like maple syrup here just chugging it just back? Chugging. Come on, what did I say yesterday? What did I say Canada have to be? Do you remember? Oh, sticky? Gotta be sticky, bro. Ugh. We're gonna be sticky, bro. The Ugh. most frustrating thing to be against. I do not want to be in that hot tub post-match. <laughs> the bees all coming to... Anyway, bro. Ugh. Is that it, dude? I got nothing. You guys playing in a desert, guys. The ants are gonna be all over you. <laughs> I got nothing else here. That's it for me. That's um, the, I just hope, got the wild I just card. hope got Jordan Heidema sends Alfonso Davies a message saying, I seriously don't want you back. Just so he lights the World Cup on fire. <laughs> You don't think he's motivated enough? He is, but just as a reminder, hey, by the way, boost, I still don't boost. want you. Like, oh, harsh. And do it now. Do it now so that he can recover and then, right, and then get into the beast mode. Yeah, let's see. Or someone, feel... someone needs to show him that clip, like of them. Yeah, you know, like he's gonna get like a Snapchat memory, like one year ago today. Yeah, he's gonna that, be like them ones. Yes, and he's gonna open up Instagram. It's gonna be a picture of like her and her new boyfriend or whatever plays baseball. It's, he's gonna be like, well, how much of a to, downgrade is that? I'm about Go to from set the world being fire. a football anything a from Alfonso Davies, not be anybody from Alfonso. No, no, Davies no, 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 listen, he's a downgrade. But Alfonso Davies is probably like prime player? human number one. Come on, a yeah. baseball player. That's oh, no. who you go with. Like I know they can handle a bat, but. Nah, Listen. who cares? Alfonso Davies, like that's, but he might be one of the best athletes alive. Have you seen some baseball players, bro? Yeah. Like there's that's a position called designated sport. hitter. Imagine if there was just like the fattest dude alive who was just a designated penalty taker. And we just appointed yeah. that in football. We're like, yeah, this guy's going to come in. Well, I mean, that's the kicker in American football. It's always the smallest guy on the team with yeah, the longest kick. Doesn't have to do anything. Just has to boot it, right? But think yeah. about that. If you just brought a guy who you just know had ridiculous shot power, but he was... 300 400 500 pounds which i swear some of these baseball players are and your only job is to just hit it as far as you possibly can that's what that's well, look at has. football legends look at football and we got maradona and pele who would baseball <laughs> got babe ruth the guy that had a bigger stomach than santa claus merry fucking <laughs> christmas guys like <laughs> it's not a, sport. a damn good point that's some good athletes it's bro. a game with it's a past televised content it's, a, it's a game with televised content. It's sorry, called, baseball it's called fans. America's pa favorite pastime. That's literally what it's called. Yeah, I'm sorry, baseball fans. It's just I'm not. If I go to the stadium, I'm not even sorry. enjoying popcorn and hot dogs more than the, the event that I'm going for. You're a concert, dude. I remember I was talking to a guy in high school. I don't remember who, but he was telling me he's like, dude, baseball is so boring. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, dude, I went to a Jays game yesterday. He's like, I was literally there checking the score on my phone 
when I was at the game, I was like, I don't even know what's going on here. <laughs> no, I'm sure some baseball players are ridiculous athletes. Some of them are, I'm sure. Yeah, probably. But come on, guys. Like pitchers are probably insane. Like they, they just have an arm on them, right? Yeah. You know, some massive injuries all the time. Yeah. Like they play it. once every five days because they got to recover. Outfielders. Totally with, respectable yeah, professional. Fast reaction, reactions. I get it. But I want to antagonize no, the baseball fans more than anything because this is how I want to end this episode because we haven't done bro talk. We've already recorded all the episodes, right? Everything's coming out in all this different yeah. order. We didn't get to bro talk a whole lot this week. So, you know, you know what? Yeah, I let's know. diss baseball a little bit. Well, we started, it, that's we started what, with a good bro talk, bro science segment. We did start with a good bro science segment. Yeah. yeah. We discovered, we, we found the meaning for you guys in case you guys have ever wondered that. Why yeah. is a dark horse called the dark horse? We figured it out. That's why. Racism. <laughs> because of racism. Anyway. This is a good place to wrap it. With that being said, episode number 170 of the Jersey Wall podcast is officially in the books. Probably the shortest episode this week, but to be honest, I don't know when we started recording, so it might not even be. Guys, <laughs> we have so much content coming out for you this week. Yesterday, we, we previewed the tournament, everything you can need to know at a glance. Today was our first deep dive. Today, we went into it, talked all about the dark horses, who we have uh, big expectations for, who maybe the rest of the world isn't talking about. Tomorrow... We're going to dive right into uh, players that will become superstars after this tournament. Joe is with us for that one. We're very, very excited for it. Thursday, crazy long episode, The Selection Dilemmas. Yeah. That's a really good episode, but that's like three episodes in one. Because we have fully found the best 11s for Portugal, France, and England. Because we looked at the quality of those sides and went, now nah, their managers don't know how to do this. They're, they're not yep. going to figure out what the best version of their 11 is. But we basically found what is the best possible version that will give us, um, th that will give them the best chance of winning the World Cup. Now, I should say, full disclaimer, I'm going to break the fourth wall here. We recorded that episode on the weekend, and Presnel Kimpembe got hurt. So he's been withdrawn from the squad. Didn't so James you're Madison hear, get out as well? You're going to hear Kimpembe. I don't know if Madison withdrew from the squad, but Kimpembe did. He's been replaced by Desasi. I think that's crazy. I think they should have called it Badiashil, but whatever. The point still stands. France of a billion center backs. We're going to talk yeah, about it. We we definitely mentioned that else. as well. Yeah, just plug in somebody else. Okay, we're we already that. we covered our we covered our losses there by already discussing that by talking about how many damn center backs are going. But anyway, yeah. guys, we hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Jersey Podcast. As always, I'm in your host, Mr. Nathan Santos, aka Master Chef Nay. You can find me on Instagram at the Nathan Santos and everywhere else at Master Chef Nay, including on TikTok where you can find the TGW Bytes, the fastest growing hashtag in the history of the internet, which today, right now, by the way, have passed 3.2 million. 3 .2 million, not quite 3.2 nah. million. Not too bad. Hey, by the end of this week, who knows where we'll be. Very respectable, bro. After the World yeah. Cup, we're going to hit 5 million. After the World Cup, let's see. Who knows? I told you. End of 2023 is 10 million. I'm telling you right now. It might be. It might be, Mina. You never know. Tell Mina, where can we right find now. more from you? You can find me on Instagram at Mina.Gali98. And on Twitter, you can find me at MinaFGali. Boom. Don't forget to follow the Jersey Wall podcast on Instagram at TJW podcast for great throwbacks, hilarious memes, short forms of TJW content, and everything else you could ever want. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. We absolutely love you. Thank you for tuning in every single day this week. Don't forget to go to ElmontUtsoccer.com and enter the promo code TJW10 at checkout to save 10% on your order when you start building your very own Jersey Wall collection. Guys, that's it. Be gone. I'm done with you. You're probably done with me. I'll see you back here tomorrow right here on the Jersey Wall Podcast, baby. Peace.